You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anissa, and Boroma. In this wild yak, Boroma and I are joined by Tina, our friend and an aficionado of Korean web dramas. We talk about what makes web dramas unique and appealing, the benefits and drawbacks of the format, and how they're changing in this new era of streaming. Tina and Parma also give me some web series recommendations because I am a total noob in this area and they sound pretty good. Thanks as always to our listeners and to our patrons. We continue to do this because of your support. You can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dramas over flowers. And now let's talk web dramas. Hi, I'm Anissa. I'm Parma. And welcome to A Wild Yak. What is this Wild Yak about, Anissa? So we are very excited to bring you our friend and special guest, Hina, who is a friend that we met through Saya and who's now also our friend. And she works in education, is also a big K-drama fan. But what's really interesting and unusual for us is she's also a web drama fan. And we've never really talked about web dramas. Well, Parma will occasionally be like, I watched this web drama. But we don't necessarily like preview them. We don't talk about them a lot. I just definitely don't watch them. So I'm going to be learning today um, and asking the questions. So hi, Tina. First of all, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I mean, I've been a long time listener, but I never thought I'd actually end up on the podcast. So thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us and taking your time out. This is very exciting. I feel like we have like a very standard sort of you know, we def- we like kind of all watch the miniseries, you know, the prestige type weekday dramas. We don't really talk about a lot of weekend dramas and we also don't really talk about web dramas. But you've brought up so many points about like what makes them special. So could you tell us first like how you started watching web dramas? Like what made you get into them? Have you been watching them from like the beginning of your sort of K-drama watching career or is it something that you got into like later? I think it was just something I just stumbled onto really because... And we were discussing this, the fact that it's on YouTube and it's so easily accessible. And I think mm-hmm. one day it was just recommended to me that I I, I watched this, uh, the first ever um, web drama I watched is um, the, the one called Seven First Kisses, which for, this was back in 2016. Um, and me being the complete, you know, K-drama newbie, I had no idea this was just a, a, a seven episode um, PPL for for Lotte <laughs> duty free. I had no oh, idea. No. I didn't know any who who any of the people were. Um, yeah, it was it was a wild ride. But um, no, it was it was interesting. I think it was interesting enough for me to actually um, continue looking out for them. Also, when you mentioned this um, last week. <laughs> I decided to go looking for it because somehow I had never even heard of this and it just blows my mind because because here is the cast list, okay? Yeah. This drama It's has, impressive. It's it's insane, okay? It has uh Woo, yes, but it has Lee Jun Ki, it has Park Hae Jin, yeah. it has Kai, it has Ji Chang it has um, Imin Oh Ho, my god. And, and I'm forgetting someone, wait, let me look up the cast list. I, I actually wrote all these down. Lee Jung Sook. Oh, Taekwon. Um, <laughs> yeah, ni- Imin Ho's in it. Oh my gosh. I think I remember when this came out and I'm, I'm me being like, wow, that's a very fancy ad with a lot of famous people. But it, it was like, I kind of had enough context to know it was an ad. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't, I think I only watched like one episode. Wow, that's a blast from the past. It, and and like I said, because I was a complete K-drama newbie, actually watching it recently again, just, just for like research purposes, all the classic tropes are in there. There's even kimchi slaps. And, <laughs> and, and um, you know, everything like the, the chebol, oppa, the childhood sweethearts, Nuna romance, everything is in there. Evil, evil mother-in-law. Yeah, it's it's just bonkers, like like um, Parama was saying. It feels like a proper like ode to like yeah. the ultimate K drama fan. I mean, the conceit of the drama is that this girl gets like seven wishes, so to speak, and um, she meets, you know, one of these guys after the other has kind of an adventure, and then you know that's that's how each episode rolls. 
and each of these are such fan insert <laughs> scenarios like those self self insert scenarios and it's just you have seen these play out in dramas and the thing is each of the actors they're playing their roles and they are being so sincere yeah. and this girl is very confused about why she's in the storyline <laughs> You know, like I, I kind of wish that um, Drama World was this. That yeah. would have been amazing. I was just gonna yeah, make, yeah. bring up Drama World because when you said like a self insert with a lot of famous act, I was like, oh, it's so it's like Drama World except not Orientalist. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it interesting? Most of us, at least, I hadn't even heard of this, mm. and I'm sure it must have been like very popular in Korea 2016 because I mean, mm-hmm. all of these men with all of these male actors were like. They are still yeah. really high-profile actors, so mm-hmm. it must have been really like plastered all over. But like for the international audience, I don't think most people even know about this thing existing, and that is so weird. <sighs> I, to I me. think the target audience was yeah, probably domestic, was, yeah, Korean, yeah. but also it's it's that dichotomy where we like the international audience we go off on to. different parts on the internet trying to figure out how to find certain dramas that are not easily accessible uh-huh. you would think we would find these dramas first they are short they are easily available online but somehow um they are not as often like they, they are not mm. as popular with international viewers as they are with domestic audiences or they didn't used to be i think especially with global playlist once they mm-hmm. came on mm-hmm. the field and started creating like seasonal shows like every few months it it started getting really popular yeah i think i think the the youtube algorithm actually has a huge say in sort of what content we get fed and unless you already dip your toe in it i just don't think you would ever discover this like whole world of of like web-based dramas well, it's also like where you look for your dramas right i think especially if you've been watching dramas for a while you're not thinking about youtube as a platform mm-hmm. where you could watch Korean dramas like I know a lot of Chinese dramas get put on YouTube. A lot of Pakistani dramas get put on mm-hmm. YouTube as well. That's like how my grandmother watches all her dramas. But Korean dramas like from the beginning they were either you know, you had to do something a little sketchy to find them or they would be on like, you know, Drama Fever or, you know, Viki like Korean exclusive or like East Asian content exclusive platforms and they've only recently started coming on to like uh you know Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime so YouTube maybe like people just didn't even think about like I could search for dramas on here or they would go on there for like you know fan made hmm. music videos and stuff but then like if it's something new then you'll just look for it anywhere right so maybe that's why it's been more available to newer fans cuz they're just like looking in different places agree something that occurred to me while I was going through um different web dramas that had been released in the last few years is that often what i thought of as web dramas were basically drama specials that had been released where you would suddenly have a production company putting these two young actors together and it's almost like a chemistry check but also like there's a very short story they want to tell and uh, one that i really liked it came out in 2017 was if we were a season Mm-hmm. and that had chesu bin and that was like the height of my chesu bin mania i really liked her so i was watching everything she was in and it also had um jang dong yoon and it was just such a like it was such a nice story and it was so short it was so well told i was really impressed and that was i think one of my earlier i mean that is around the time when i started watching a few web dramas it it might have aired on tv i'm not sure but it was easily available it's like freely available on KBS's own YouTube channel that's how i found it hmm. so which brings me to a point you made um in our communications about how this is a field where a lot of rookie actors find their you know footing and casting directors find fresh faces and it's open ground for writers directors actors all of that stuff i didn't even realize that was what was happening i think until i watched a web web drama called 18 i remember it yeah so 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 when i was watching 18 i was a, i was already watching k dramas for a couple of years so i sort of knew who the main sort of actors were and so when i saw everyone in that show i was like oh these are all new faces i don't know any of these people 
And I thought, oh, maybe these these guys are acting students or they're just like really rookie sort of actors or... Um, but then the interesting thing was after I watched that series, I started seeing them pop up in mainstream dramas. Mm. So a really good example that I have for you is as part of 18, one of the main cast members. And again, at the time, I, I didn't know this, but she's actually a member of a K-pop group called April, girls group called April. Um, and later that same year, I think it was 2017, later that same year, she actually ended up in Extraordinary You playing the main character there, the main yeah, female the, character. Ina Yoon, she was playing Kim Joda. Yeah, the side main character, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the main character in the story within the story. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. then um, at that same year, another uh, lead, one of the male ones, Kim Dong Hee, um, he gets casted in Sky Castle, which obviously now has become like a huge hit. Right. And it, it was just such a strange sort of experience, you know, seeing them on, I guess, on the small screen, almost on my, you know, on my computer. And then suddenly going like, whoa, hold on. Isn't this the guy in that web web drama, uh, in that web tune, that web, web drama? And and so I, I guess you do see, you know, a lot of, you know, idols. You see a lot of like rookie actors cut their teeth on these uh, on these web dramas. Yeah. Um, and then I think like, like Paramo was saying as well, I, I guess lots of, um, directors and casting people also use it as like a casting, um, opportunity as well to see, you know, who seems to fit what, what role they have in mind or something like that. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting sort of, almost like a stepping stone for a lot of, um, people mm. in the industry. Another really um, famous example from the same uh, web series um, was Shineyun. And she did his psychometric right the ex- next year. And mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting her to like get popular that fast, but then she did. She became a very popular, well-known face. And even though she hasn't done like a ton of drama since then, she is like progressively getting like better and better roles like I think she most recently did more than friends which did really well and uh she's supposed to be um working on something right now it's not been announced yet I like the parallel that you made Brahma between drama specials and web dramas because I think before um and I mean drama specials are still happening it's not like we don't have them anymore but I think those would often work as like a sort of a testing ground for like new writers new directors not so much for new actors. Usually that would be the one thing that was kind of uh, the promotional had like kind of the promotional machine behind it is like you got these two actors that you haven't maybe you haven't seen them before. You're only going to get to see them for like one hour or like two hours. Um, so the actors were the draw and then they would it would give a, a platform for like, you know, new creatives to kind of make a name for themselves and prove that they can actually do it. Whereas in web drama, you're also getting these um, rookie actors, Mm -hmm. which I'm also wondering if this is a way to like um, give jobs to idol actors without getting the kind of backlash that we would see like six or seven years ago when um, idol actors would get like these really big um, like leading roles in high profile, high budget dramas and it would be like one idol actor and like one really experienced, you know, famous big name actor that is you know, like an actor actor <laughs> with a capital A. And people had issues with that. And often it would be like this one person who can't really act, but they've been cast because they're famous. Um, and maybe I'm wondering if like that backlash actually made them think, well, well, maybe this is a new way of doing that instead, where you're not like risking as much money, you're not risking as much like not a big project, you know? So maybe that's something that kind of emerged out of that. That's just my speculation. I don't know if that's actually true. but You do see a lot of idol actors in these dramas. Even, I think, the the Seven First Kisses, one of the actors was an idol, wasn't he? I don't think he was. Kai, I think, from EXO. Kai, Kai, yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you often find them, like, because it makes sense to have like these really high profile faces without much acting experience do these short dramas first if that is a transition that they want to make it just makes economic sense to have that happen um i just realized something that because we were talking about high profile like it's it's true that it's not just rookie actors who do web dramas like you often also have um kind of long term like faces you've seen for a while suddenly crop up in a web drama a good example is uh Songhoon 
who did this character Jin in Star with a Secret, which I see on Vicky all the time. And it's awful. It's like five episodes. Seriously awful. <laughs> that boy has done a lot of bad dramas, I have to say. I mean, I have a lot of affection for him, but he, he just plays a lot of bad men and a lot of bad dramas. Yeah. And he did a guest role in a drama with a somewhat similar premise, which is So I Married an Anti-Fan. So he kind of came back for a guest role. And that kind of completely made sense to me because I think there must be some adaptation circle going on around here because those two dramas had very similar premise, except there was a magical element in the web drama, which is the other thing that I wanted to get into. Web dramas can be really weird. <laughs> like K-dramas can be weird, but web dramas can have some seriously weird conceit. An example that I can think of is probably Color Rush. I still have no clue what the, the magical element of it was. Um, that is, the, there are these two boys. They can only, I think, one of them can only see color when they are with the other person. Otherwise, they're colorblind. And it's... I don't understand what the entire story was, but it was full of pathos and it was like there was so much feeling and it was short. I think it was just like five or six episodes. So that it's just, yeah, web, web dramas can be really weird. I don't know if we actually mentioned how short these episodes are. We just said that the dramas themselves are short. So like time, can you give me like an idea of like an average web drama, like how long each episode would be and how long usually the whole thing is? The ones I've seen normally hit around the sort of 10, 15 minute mark. The longer ones tend to be like 20, but I've never seen one longer than half an hour. Okay. Also, yeah, so, hmm. if it's 20 minutes, about five minutes of the ending will just be recap of what happened in that episode. <laughs> or PPL. There's a or lot of PPL, that too, well. of course. Yeah. That's yeah. super important. Point. I just realized that like for people like me who don't watch web dramas, no, they might not realize it's a very good how point. short they are. Um, I, I wonder though if, because you know they are supposed to be short, you almost forgive them for not explaining everything to the minute detail that some some you know full length dramas do. Um, you know, I, I mentioned um, you know prior to this recording that um, a lot of web dramas tend to focus a lot on like the aesthetic. Um, they they focus a lot, on, a lot on like moments and sort of like how how they make the the, the viewer feel. Um, I think because they have so little time to get the story across, a lot of it almost becomes sort of like snippets of a story. So you almost get the feel of it. You get the atmosphere. Um, there might not be a lot of actual storyline going on because there's only so much you can fit into 15 minutes. But you're, I guess that way also it makes it more bingeable because you're always like, mm. I want more of that. It's it's so nice to look at. So it makes me feel so good, but I want more because there's only 15 minutes of it. Yeah, I mean, they can tell an entire story in probably an hour or two hours. Like, I've seen a lot of these web dramas to be just like, in total, it's one hour. Mm -hmm. And they chunk it up in like six to seven episodes. And you're like, you start with one or two and you're like, well, I can watch a few more. And then an hour is gone and you've been watching this drama. So but true. It's worse when it's like, there are two hours worth of this stuff and you start late at night and then you're just watching two hours of this, even though you probably wouldn't sit through like a two hour drama episode. Yeah. <laughs> Hospital playlist. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 I was like, playlist, I saw okay. that. I know, but I was like, Hospital playlist, I'm not watching a two hour episode. So I think I just wanted to bring that up, not just to like <laughs> crap on Hospital <laughs> playlist, but because like, I feel like as web dramas are getting more popular, you also have these um, high-budget Netflix dramas, mm -hmm. which are no longer constrained by this one-hour time limit. Mm -hmm. I mean, the TVN, the cable ones already weren't constrained by the one-hour time limit, but, like, I feel like the they're getting really self-indulgent yeah. with the long episodes lately, and so I'm sure there's an element of people just being like, I am not watching that. Like, I have a busy life. A lot of people watch dramas on their phone, you know, like, while they're commuting or whatever. Yeah, it's very true. So I think that probably has something to do with it. I think that's one of the biggest draws for me in terms of, you know, how much commitment you have to give to one of these. Because, you know, it's so rare now that you get a full hour, hour and a half to sit, just sit down and not do anything, you know, and you think mm -hmm. to yourself, okay, I still have, you know, half an hour until this next thing I need to do. What can I do in this half an hour? I'll, I know I'll, I'll watch something that's like 20 minutes long. I guess, especially after a long day and, you know, after a really stressful sort of week as well, 
sometimes you just don't, you're not in that headspace. You don't have that sort of attention to give to something for, for that long. And because it's chunked up nicely, um, these web dramas, I, I guess the entry point's lower. Um, you, you don't feel as sort of sometimes, I, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know how you girls, you know, feel sometimes almost, it, sometimes it gets to a point where it feels like a chore finishing off a drama because yeah. it's be- become so long and tedious. Yeah. I, even though you love the drama, it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to spend an hour and a half doing this now. <laughs> I'm thinking Vincenzo <laughs> specifically here. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like I loved Vincenzo so much that I didn't mind, but you're so right about like the commitment yeah. that it takes. And also like sometimes you start watching something and you get like halfway through or, you know, three quarters of the yeah. way through and then like you're really loving it and you want to get back to it. But you're like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to find like four or five or six or seven or eight or hours to like finish the story that I really love? True. So I get that. I mean, you have to move things around in your life to make space to watch dramas, especially because of subtitles. And often we're watching on our laptop. Like I know plenty of people watch on their phones, but I am I need a bigger screen. <laughs> I watch on my laptop or on, on my TV upstairs. And the thing is, that means you're, you're stuck in one place. You have mm. had to make space for watching that drama. Whereas with web dramas, I... I'm usually watching them on YouTube and I'm walking around and I'm like listening, watching. It's not like it's really complex storytelling where if I miss a scene, I'm going to be totally thrown out. I I feel like it's just easier watch. However, I just thought of something. Um, Two things, actually. One is we we are being on like, wow, one hour uh, dramas. That's what movies are. (laughs) None of us are moving on to watching. I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot of people who um, really love K-dramas who also equally love K-movies because they have very different aesthetics and storytelling styles. And I've th- the thing that I found about um, web dramas is that they don't have, they aren't like uh, uh, chunked up uh, movies. They are dramas. They have similar aesthetics, similar storytelling, similar tropes that we are used to seeing on dramas, which is why it's like, drama light and it's easy to watch but also you know the second thing that occurred to me was it's not a direct competition to the stuff on netflix and wiki and stuff because okay it's different for wiki wiki actually does show a lot of smaller um web series um as does view i think but not netflix that's not the audience that um these dramas have access to at this point Um, And that might be a deliberate thing that's done partially because web dramas tend to get away with a lot of stuff that broadcast censorship just won't allow um, on larger platforms. And also probably because they don't, they want audiences like Netflix probably wants its audience to sit and watch like an hour long episode and then the next and then the next. They don't want you to watch like 10, 10 minute episodes and then get out, which is what you'd be tempted to do. And probably Netflix has, sort of a higher bar for like in terms of budget as well like they want to because they want to you know have you know the 4k hd whatever right so like I I know a lot of these I mean I don't haven't watched them but you mentioned that some of them are like lower budget and they're like a little more like raw and kind of not as you know as sparkling and like you know like this prestige k-dramas that that Netflix has been doing lately especially the ones that they've been like not just licensing, but actually producing. I would argue that's less and less so, actually. I mean, in recent years, I'm just thinking the recent sort of like two, three years, the the production value is mind-blowing. You get like these really beautifully, yeah, beautifully shot. A lot of them have separate soundtracks by some very sort of famous and sort of up and, uh, well, actually famous uh, mu- uh, artists and things making actual music oh, wow. for them. I think that it really started to come about and sort of, yeah, in the last few years where, like you were saying, it's become lucrative. You know, it, it, it's actually proven to these production companies that there is a separate um, audience that are really into just web dramas, not not your traditional, you know, TV dramas, but actual web dramas that the fact that it's um, like 18, one, one of the most watched dramas, apparently, they were drawing in like 200 million views just just wow. just sort of yeah and that was without very much promotion and and things so so yeah it's definitely become a new sort of area where where people do invest in now and, and like i was saying there's there's lots of ppl in it now um although a lot of it is 
quite light touch PPL. It's it's not like a whole like infomercial, <laughs> like like the uh, dramas of old. But no, and and some of them managed to draw quite big sort of maybe not actors, but certainly like big idols to to star in them as well. So so I I would argue actually it's 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 more and more become its own thing, its own genre almost. And at the same time, like we've talked about before, um, and what's up in Dramaland, like there's been a push for these mobile only streaming platforms, which are like, you know, this content that's designed to be on your phone. And they've invested a lot of money in these like neighbor TV and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I wonder like whether, you know, it's like, which came first? Like, was it that these became popular and then these uh, mobile platforms were like, oh, we should start streaming them? Or was it like the injection of money from these companies? I wonder, or probably both. Mm. Yeah, I read something really interesting, actually. Um, it's more around the sort of how we consume media as a whole. This article was saying how uh, web dramas was a lot of it, you'll, you'll notice is sort of like school-based dramas, like coming of age, um, school-based. And that's because that's the audience. Those are the people who are watching these mm. dramas. And um, it's so uh, y- y- they they are catering to this audience now, whereas you know, even with school-based dramas that are for TV, it's more for actually an adult audience, which, which yes. I never thought of it like that, actually. But yeah, I, I understand because the the web dramas and what's sort of covered in them, I mean, you, you get a lot of screen time with, with these students as opposed to some of the, I guess, even like the, the reply series or like the school series where you get you do get some of the school, what happens at school, but then a lot of it is also around the adults around them. Whereas these dramas mm. are purely around sort of what happens at school and the friendships and the breakups and the makeups and the jealousy and all that. So so I I, I really think like these companies have realized that um, the younger generation just aren't watching TV anymore and mm-hmm. they are accessing their media purely online and on on on, on these platforms now. Yeah, and they're not interested in watching long episodes of anything, yeah. no matter how good it is. <laughs> do you also think that the fact that when television tries to do um, these big, like high school dramas, for instance, um, what's the recent one with Chamunu that happened? Um, True Beauty? True Beauty. <laughs> Gosh. Um, they always try to cast like big names, like well-known names, and often the... It, the actors aren't young enough to play high school kids, but they do. And they are cast that way and the audience accepts it because they are pretty and what does it even matter? <laughs> but I have found that when I watch these school-aged dramas on like, on these web series, they are they of, the cast is often age-appropriate in that they, they are that age. They're probably yeah. 18 or 19 max. Mm-hmm. And there is something about the air of just them interacting the way the story is written it actually feels more authentic Mm -hmm. to that stage of life and therefore it's just more fun to watch more engaging to watch and easy um that might be that i'm I'm just thinking that that might be why school dramas take off so much i mean of course there is the audience thing where the young audience would rather watch you know act like characters their own age with their own struggles but also it's easier to cast fresh faces on these web dramas with like slightly smaller budgets and um, not have to worry about having big names so they get like the right network slot to be broadcast at the mm-hmm. right time and all of that stuff because it's constantly accessible. So it just frees them up. So like we've covered a few of these things already, but you know, as someone who doesn't watch web dramas, and I'm sure you also are familiar with these myths that like web dramas are like badly produced, badly written. Um, They skip a lot of the major story development. They're not that satisfying. Um, The actors can't act. Like, what's your response to those kind of myths? Uh, Are they myths or are they, is is there some truth in them? I mean, like I said earlier, I I feel like they are no longer, uh, they are no longer applicable. I mean, some of these production companies have just as much sort of um, backing now um, to film some of these uh, dramas. Um, I, I do have to say though, because of, I just, I, I guess just because of the length of these sort of chunks, sometimes the storytelling is unsatisfying, but I wonder if that's purely just to get you to go back and watch more of it. <laughs> mm. Um, I, I think as, as you know, what we call like traditional drama watchers, we're used to a certain pacing 
of the story. You're used to like a build up, you know, there might be a bit of a recap, you build up and then there's obviously a cliffhanger. But the cliffhanger comes a lot earlier in web dramas because Mm. of how short they are. They have to keep it. There's always a peak in like action in like 15 minutes. And so I wonder if that sort of, it it almost like feels a bit, yeah, it, it just chops up the storytelling a bit. And I I guess if you're into or if you're used to that traditional storytelling sort of style of, you know, full 16 episode dramas, you might find it a bit sort of frantic or almost a bit like it jolts you. Oh, that's the end of it. Mm. It it comes to an end quite suddenly sometimes. Um, I have to say, though, I think it's almost like a different style. It's almost like a different genre. You, you, You go into it not expecting a full on fleshed out, all the characters fleshed out, all the, you know, the plot lines fleshed out. I don't think people expect that almost when they go in to watch uh, uh, these web dramas. But that said, I I feel like the, a lot of web dramas I have watched, they're usually ensemble dramas. So there actually is a lot of time to explore relationships and friendships. And I feel like in a way, because they focus solely on the relationships, the characters are actually better fleshed out than a full-length drama sometimes. Yeah, they kind of just let go of all of the background characters sometimes, especially in like very short uh, romances. It's like they are solely focused on the romance. All other characters are just blurs in the background. So they just they barely have any um, speaking moments. That's true. I It occurs to me that a good parallel for web dramas, like if we think of um, K-dramas like the full 16 to 20 episode K-dramas as books, and a lot of readers find that appealing, that every storyline, every plot is properly fleshed out. You feel the journey when you're watching the whole thing. Um, web series can probably be properly compared to maybe, um, I don't know, graphic novels. It's not like, they, like no two graphic novel is exactly the same. Some of them are uh, done in a very hurried way where you're like, I don't understand what story was told. And there are others that are like practically novel length and there is like a lot of development happens. But because of the smaller... Um, so like I don't know area <laughs> to just like like the the use of words is less like there are less descriptive mm. paragraphs I suppose there's nothing to tell you what's happening behind the scenes it's all just imagery and it's flashing by it just feels much faster I don't know if it's a good parallel that's just, it just occurs to me that it might be like the whole book versus graphic novel thing um and the k-drama versus web series thing in terms of how we perceive them the thing that I often find um, with like, even with badly produced ones, for instance, I come back to this drama again, start with a secret. I don't know what someone was thinking. Why does he agree to these things? But he did. It's five episodes. I mean, I think each episode was like 10 minutes. It's ridiculous. It's, by the way, one of those um, Chinese, Korean, uh, that are the co-productions. co-productions, right? So the actress is Chinese and yeah, they, they have like a, they can't talk to each other and like it's it the that's fine but that is not really stressed it's it's a really confused plot sometimes these are really badly produced and there is like um the the entire production is probably done because there are these two companies that want to create something together and it's not they don't want like a full-fledged drama and a five episode drama works just as fine so sometimes it's just a matter of economics um that might lead to badly produced dramas but the ones that truly have like a lot of talent and passion and uh, like people really wanting to tell a good story, they are just as well produced as, you know, your average K-drama. But actually, the average K-drama is not necessarily well produced. I mean, so it's <laughs> what I'm hearing is it's a spectrum just like full-length K-dramas, right? Like there's some that are so made with so much love and others that you're just like, wow, this is like 100% profit motive. And it's very obvious. Eternal monarch. <laughs> so moving from that, then, you know, we talked about how it's more accessible to people who are, you know, not as experienced. But I like to also ask about like things like censorship. You know, we know that especially the three main broadcast channels have a lot of rules about what you can show and portray. Do you think and, you know, we've seen how there's like more creativity on cable channels. But do you think that web dramas take that even further? There's Is there more 
are there more topics that you can talk about? Um, are there things that you can see on there that you wouldn't on like regular television or even like streaming platforms? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a recent crop of K-dramas actually... I wouldn't go as far as say shocked me, but I was pleasantly surprised by how adult some of these uh, topics were. Uh, like, like you said, there is so much censorship uh, on sort of K, uh, you know, network TV that it I wasn't almost wasn't used to that amount of I guess tabooness um, from from like a Korean production. Some of the ones I've seen, um, a lot of a lot of them revolve around relationships, obviously, but they will well, they will also touch on you know, sexual relationships, which you will probably never, ever see on um, normal, um, you know, TV-based dramas. Um, there's, a, it's, uh, there's a lot of um, explorations around, um, you know, the LGBTQ um, community. Um, there's, a lot, there's quite a few BL dramas around. And yeah, I, I guess I was just pleasantly surprised when I when these um, dramas started to, to to pop up because I wasn't expecting the sort of Korean uh, audience to to ever get to see these things, you know that that we're used to in the West. Well, I mean, I we talked about how these are not like movies, but in that sense, they are like movies because Korean film is really different mm, than true, Korean drama, true. right? In terms of like. Uh, the violence, um, you know, like the, how sexually explicit they are. Like they're very different in terms of mm-hmm. what is sort of, it's kind of like show whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Whereas TV is very yeah produced for a very particular kind of conservative audience. Um, it's supposed to be family friendly. So I guess that is allowing for the people who want to do those kind of mm-hmm. explore those kind of topics, but like in a TV format mm-hmm. um, rather than a film format, because like uh, Forma said, it is a very different type of like different tropes, different kind of conventions. Yeah, I I almost noticed like a some some of the web dramas almost have a, like an agony aunt sort of take to them. A lot of them are sort of coming of age ones. A lot of them are you know people exploring themselves, their sexualities, their you know how they re- relate to other people. And I feel like actually a lot of young Koreans probably learn how to navigate young adulthood through these dramas. I say that because, you know, you get um, in a recent drama I watched, you know, the, 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 there were three girls and they were talking about, you know, their their relationships. And, and then they talk about going to see an OBGYN, which you would mm. never, you would never see that on TV. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that, but also normalizing it. They were saying, yeah, of course you need to come see the OBGYN. If you've got issues, you've got to check it out. I, I feel like a, uh, it, it almost, yeah, it, it almost gives some young Koreans uh, an avenue to find out more about themselves that you wouldn't normally get, and that I'm guessing you wouldn't normally talk about with your family because you know cons- uh, most Korean families are still very conservative and and all that. I've also heard that sex ed is very either non-existent mm-hmm. or like very rudimentary um, in Korean mm. schools. So maybe that's another way for people to talk about these things. Yeah. Because it's not like teenagers don't deal with these issues. If you don't talk about them, they still deal with them. So mm-hmm. it's really important to have some space for them to talk about it. Especially when it comes to queer romance storylines, we've had like a lot of dramas hinting at um, these storylines. So they kind of like treated as side stories for years. I mean, um, Dripline 1997 comes to mind. B. Melodramatic comes to mind. Like you have a character who's really fleshed out, but we don't really get to see their story. Yes, their sexuality is established and then you move on. We don't really get to learn any more about their life. And that's how it has been going on for years. And then suddenly this year, I don't know what happened, but a bunch of BL dramas came out. You had Nobleman um, Rue's Wedding, which was a which was the first Sagyuk BL I'd ever seen. It wasn't badly produced. I mean, it was kind of hilarious, but it wasn't bad. It was like pretty short. There was um, oh uh, last year they had like Mr. Heart. The Color Rush was last year. Where Your Eyes Linger was last year. That was 2020. So basically, yeah, 2020, 2021. Suddenly, these started coming out as web series, but also what I found really interesting was that there were mainstream dramas where you had these two to three episodes, like special episodes that were only available online. There were, like, I haven't seen a lot of these, but uh, what was I thinking about? 
Uh, for instance, nevertheless, Soji One uh, are apparently going to get their own special episodes, um, which is not going to be aired on TV, but it is going to be available online. And I think they had something to do with Mr. Queen. I, I forgot, like there, there are a bunch of these stories where they don't want to explore some of these side stories. So they just put it online because the audience for it is there. They just don't want to mess with the mainstream broadcasting mm. guidelines. So, so they just tell their audience it's there. Go find it online. It's interesting you mentioned nevertheless, actually. I watched a few episodes of it. And when I first did, I, I thought to myself, actually, it's shot in a way that really resembles some web dramas. I in, thought that in, too. Yeah, it, it, because it is quite different from everything else at the moment. And I think yeah. it's because of those lingering shots, that tension, you know, all that sort of, it's clearly made for like a young adult audience. So it's all about like the the sexual tension and the and the close-up shots. And uh, yeah, it, it was just shot in such a way that I was like, oh, actually it, it's very similar to how lots of web dramas do it. That's true. I think it's mostly because instead of establishing the surrounding and then taking you into the protagonist's, you know, issues, they start with the protagonist's issues, kind of like slap your face with it. And then they are like, they immerse you into the world of the protagonist, like what's happening around them. Then they start introducing the other characters, which is often how web dramas do it, because they need to hook you fast. You might move on to a different YouTube (laughs) video otherwise. So yeah, you're actually right. That's, That's an excellent parallel. I wonder if also, I mean, I haven't following this closely, but there's been a lot of, I think, an increase or somewhat more attention on LGBTQ movements in like Korean society in the last couple of years. So, you know, whatever's happening in society always kind of comes through in, in media mm-hmm. in some way. So that probably has something to do with it. The, the question I wanted to ask in the same way that webtoons are becoming really popular for adaptation in like full length K-dramas, is there also like a webtoon to um, web drama? pipeline kind of thing? I would say not so much. I feel like a lot of the content is original. I guess because some of it really is motivated by um, sponsorships. Um, (laughs) There's so many like these short sort of dramas you watch until the end and you're like, hold on, this was all just for toothpaste? Like you... What do you think, Forma? Is there any like uh, connection between webtoons and web dramas? I haven't seen a lot of web series that are direct adaptations of webtoons, mostly because webtoons tend to be really long. So, so to like put them in like a, such a short format might just like short change the story. But I do know that in other countries, like uh, Japan, for instance, sometimes they do do like a shorter drama first. Like that's what they go for just to see if like kind of like uh, testing the waters to see if there's an audience mm. for it. And if it works, then they will produce like a longer drama, like fully commit to it. It's a it's a thing. Interesting. So I had uh, this. I've been thinking about this for a while. Uh, as you pointed out, Tina, in the last few years, these dramas are looking more and more slick and they have more money coming into them. So. This was several years back. I think Saya was the one who had recommended these to me. Like there were a few of these shows that weren't available anywhere. They weren't available on YouTube and you had to go to a very specific site and they had only uploaded it there and you had you got to watch like these four episode um, stories and that's it. I mean, it was, but those stories were um, very, they were not necessarily, they didn't have that much of a budget. They were probably shot in one room. They still looked very pretty because aesthetics is something they prioritize. But the storytelling was raw and the stories used to be unique. Do you think that they're losing that uniqueness as it becomes more mainstream and they are trying to appeal to larger um, audiences? I mean, yes, it 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 still allows for um, niche um, topics like queer representation to happen in these stories. But the stories are still mainstream. These are romances. Romances are always mainstream, no matter which niche you go into. So is it losing some of that rawness and uniqueness that uh, the genre used to have? Weirdness. Weirdness. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like though, as of yet, it's, uh, these web dramas are still produced for a domestic audience. And so I don't think it would ever get to that point where, you know, you almost get the 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 Netflixification of K dramas, which we're starting to see sort of creep into some of the big budget ones now. Um, mm. I think the audience still remains domestic, and so 
I think the issues they tackle will still be catered a lot for their domestic audience. Yeah, they would still be addressing, you, you know, things like I was watching one recently that was talking about um, this woman who was trying to whistleblow someone harassing her at work. And then she started like a, a, a Me Too movement at work. And these, I think these things are still very sort of um, specific to Korea at the time. And like you said, because they can move so quickly, they can they can address those issues um, uh, sort of on the ground. I feel like there's always there's always going to be room for those weird quirky ones because it is so like you said there's so much less sort of hoops to jump through to 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 produce these. There's always going to be people who want to experiment and it's always a place to experiment because it's so easy to get stuff off the ground. Right. Mm. So it's basically like spectrum. I mean, you have like the big budget ones, the ones that broadcast is interested in producing and then you have like the indie ones which will hopefully always stay weird and independent. And on that note, before we move on to our, our last question, have you seen more like racial and ethnic diversity in these web dramas? Or are they still pretty much very similar to mainstream K-dramas where you basically don't have much of anything? Off the top of my head, it's still, it's still very sort of Korean. <laughs> there's not much, there's not much sort of cultural diversity yeah, I was just thinking about that because we were talking about like issues that are kind of cropping up in mm. society. And one of them is this shift of like a lot more immigration mm-hmm. and mostly from other Asian countries and um, a lot of immigration from like not from, you know, white majority countries, which has been kind of what has been portrayed on, you know, like before whenever we got a character that was like half Korean or non-Korean, it was like a white character or like someone who's both white and Korean and there's like a tiny shift in that as the demographics slowly change. So I was just wondering if that's also, and, and you know, like some, this is something that Koreans are really worried about right now. Like there is that, you know, like anti-immigration sentiment. And then there's also like people grappling with like, what does it mean to become a multicultural society? Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering on that, on that. No, front. not nothing I've seen yet. Ho- hopefully, hopefully I'll gain, gain some traction. I mean, I think it, it, it might be tied to what Ina said about the creators of these dramas, like especially the independent ones, being largely concerned with kind of catching on to popular concerns and immediately creating stories around them. And right now, even though there are people who are worried about the immigration issues, it's more a defensive worry and not so much a worry about the representation as yet. That is not something that a lot of uh, the domestic audience is concerned about like why aren't we seeing more people of color on screen so yeah well and also like the immigration issue is definitely one that like indie filmmakers have taken up yeah they would but that's a totally different space right it's not about the money for those people they're like hugely just like passion projects and they're like you know people have a moral imperative inside them. And they're just like, even if I go broke, I really want to make this film. So true. I guess that is actually a good statement on web dramas that even though they are a space for like unique storytelling, they are also money motivated. Um, They they need to like find their audience and that audience needs to be really engaged. So that is how the storytelling storytelling is created. Okay. On to the final leg of our episode. I'm really excited about this because I need some recommendations. <laughs> Arisa. Yes. Yeah. So what are some dramas that you're really loving that you would, you know, like that people should go watch right now? Web dramas that you can recommend to us? I think you can't dive into web dramas without watching. I think the the first ever sort of the first viral, I guess, viral web drama, which is which is eighteen, which I've already mentioned. They've done two seasons mm-hmm. of it now on on um, Playlist Global. Um, it's all subbed, um, so you can easily find those on YouTube. Um, and I'm, like I said, a couple of those stars have actually gone on to do much bigger things now. And, and the acting is 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 actually really decent. You get really into um, you know, it's it's a story about a group of friends, and uh, the the two main female leads actually have the same name. So there's Hannah. a very interesting, yeah, yeah. One is like Do Hana, and one is another Hana. Kim Hana, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just really interesting about sort of like self discovery and sort of what it means to be you. Like if you have someone with the exact same name as you, 
you know, does that take away from your uniqueness? And the fact that, you know, she gets accused of copying the other Hannah. Uh, so mm. it's just really interesting sort of, and then there's obviously romance going on. There's some really cute um, sort of sidekick characters. Um, yeah, it's a real proper coming of age um, story, but it's never, it's never like, um, it, 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 it's very real. It's very genuine. You know, like, like Parama said, it's, it's it, because it's played by genuinely young people. It, it's just very fresh. It's, it's very, yeah, very real. So definitely start on those, I would say, especially if you like school dramas. A third actor who did really well from 18 was the, what's his name? Uh, Shin Sung-ho. He went on to do Moment at 18. He was playing the second lead there and he did a terrific job. Like, and his character is so drastically different from the guy he played in 18 that I was just blown away. That that actor has potential. One of my all-time favorites, though, this is this is actually quite an old one. It's on um, the Dingo K Drama YouTube channel. Um, it's called The Boy Next Door. Um, the most, the funniest, most hilarious um, web drama ever. Uh, it's still one of my favorites. And in fact, the two main um, main leads are people you'll you'll know very well because one's um, Choi Woo Shik, who ends up in Parasite as the son. And the other is um, Zhang Ki-yong, which um, is, uh, has most recently been uh, in um, my in roommate everything. is a gummy hoe. Yeah, he's, he's everywhere. <laughs> um, but this was, this was when these guys were still rookies, still like relatively unknown. Uh, but yeah, basically, they, they just keep finding themselves in these really um, sort of compromising situations. And, and everyone around them think they're, they're dating when they're not. And so there's all these like hijinks and like, yeah, there's just so many funny moments and and both of them have amazing comedic timing. And, you know, some people might say it's queer baiting, but I actually, I would argue that it actually looks at LGBTQ issues in a really positive light. In in one of the episodes, they actually inspire a a, a gay couple to actually start dating and um, their landlord is like super... Uh, for their relationship. He's always like, yeah, young young people should, you know, seize the day and, and all sorts of like really like sort of, um, uh, yeah, cringeworthy, like a jishi things that he says about them. Oh, but yeah, wow. it, it's, 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 it's a great, great um, web drama. If you're not into like the romance stuff and you're more a bromance sort of person, this is my top pick. I've had this recommended to me before, especially because I like romance so much. It's excellent. It's so funny. What I'm watching currently, actually, is one called Blue Birthday. Um, it's also on Playlist, um, but I think it's not on Playlist Global yet. So you might need a VPN to access this one. Um, but it's really popular in, in, in Korea at the moment. Again, it's another um, web, uh, sorry, it's another school-based drama. Um, there's romance. But this one's particularly interesting. There's time travel and there's also mystery. Mm. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, so the female lead, um, again, I had no idea, but she's actually in Red Velvet, the K- the, the girl group, K-pop girl group, Vel- Red Velvet, Yeri. And there's also um, Yang Hong Sok of um, the group Pentagon. So these are both like idols in their own rights, but you like, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge sort of, I don't follow K-pop too closely. So I had no idea these two, these two were so big. Um, but uh, it, it's just a really well-written drama. Like I would happily l- see, I would happily watch this if this was made into an actual full-length drama um, because they've done that sort of thing where I don't think many dramas managed to do this properly. They actually managed to age the the female lead properly. So the, the story is such that it starts in their um, high school days um, I don't think it's a spoiler, actually, because this is sort of like the premise of the whole thing. Basically, her mm. best friend and, you know, this this boy that she wants to um, uh, confess uh, to, he gets killed on her birthday. Oh. And so, um, you know, we fast forward to the future and you get the adult version of her. And she actually looks like an adult. Like there is a, you can actually see the 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 growth i don't know how they managed to do it but you you it's so believable her being young and her being like 10 years older um, i'm just i just found that i don't know it's just these like sort of small attention attention to detail that i, I just really appreciate from from these web dramas um but anyway she um she finds a way to try time travel back to the past 
And so as she does so, she gets several attempts at doing this. Um, and yeah, stuff starts changing and she she finds out more and more. So there's lots of twists and there's lots of suspense as she sort of finds out more and more about what happened in the past and what caused her her, her friend to die. Um, but I I personally, I love um, time travel dramas. It's my like ultimate like catnip, especially well-written ones, because I think it takes a really skilled writer to be able to do that type of storytelling and not mm. lose the sort of plot and not lose the the pacing of it. And this this does it really well because I think they there's like two episodes that come out each week. But basically every two episodes, she completes one of her time travel journeys. So it's almost like you're doing this with her in real time. You can, you, you, in, in that episode, you see her travel back. She tries to find out more and then she gets thrown back. And then you're ha- you, you have to watch, you have to wait till the next episode oh. to, to find out what happens next. And it's, uh, it's, it's that, smart. that makes it so addictive, but also it's, it's, it uses that sort of time travel um, mechanism so cleverly that it's just been so lovely watching this this drama. Yeah, it's it's one of my current favorites. How many episodes have you watched so far? It's on the tenth episode at the moment, okay. and there's just been a big reveal, so everyone's waiting, Ooh. <laughs> waiting for <laughs> for what happens next. Yeah. This sounds really good. I might check it out. Yeah, it's it's really well acted as well. Yeah, this one seems to have sixteen episodes, and they are twenty minutes each. Kind of perfect for you, Anisa. Right. Especially like right now I'm in the midst of like writing a book and also planning another podcast project. So I'm just like, my brain can't handle the stress of like following such a long and complicated story. Yeah. So it might be perfect. Okay. Amazing. Borma, do you have any web drama recommendations? Hmm. No, but I would say... (laughs) Now that I've started watching Seven First Kisses, everybody needs to watch it because <laughs> it's insane. And I need other people to watch it so I can talk about how insane this drama is. It's like the ultimate ode to Mac Jung. <laughs> no, but like, have I emphasized enough how each of these men in their individual episodes are so sincere and heartfelt about their characters? Like, like... Ejunki is this opa from her hometown and she's like, I have no memory of you. But he's like, it must be awkward to meet me after so many years, but I haven't changed. I'm just a billionaire now and I'm in love with you and it's time for me to confess. <laughs> so it's like that thing where like, it's a kind of a parody of itself, but it's played straight. Yeah. Is that? That's exactly how Interesting. It is. I have to watch like, this. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm like three episodes in. I am. I have to finish this. <laughs> Funnily enough, what hooked me into the drama? The well, the only person I knew apart from Ejun um, uh, Ki at, at the time when I w- watched this was actually um, the, fee- the 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 fairy godmother Choi Ji Woo. Um, the I was looking at this. I was like, I can't believe Tiju was in this. Yeah, She's like an icon. Yeah. yeah, and I knew her from Winter Sonata. You know, back <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, isn't that that same lady? And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll have a watch. And then it turns out to be this like epic. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought this was like some kind of weird bait, like where they are showing us all of these actors, but we'll just get to see their them in like framed pictures or something in the story. That it was not actually real, but then it turns out to be real, and I'm like, how how did they blackmail all of these actors into getting into this one drama? I mean. Yeah, like what kind of contract? Apparently, all of these uh, actors had like model contracts with um, what was the name of the company? Latte. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically a CF. It's yeah. basically a form. CF. Yeah. yeah. And they all do CFs. That's where most of their money comes from. I'm just like imagining the amount of money that was sunk into this. It's just all of it is so epic. I <laughs> I want everyone to watch it so I can talk about how bizarre this drama is. All right, so we got some like serious recommendations. We got some bonkers recommendations. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Tina. This was really, really fun. Thanks for having me. I never thought I'd actually end up on this podcast. Um, you guys got me through lockdown, actually. Um, yeah. So thank you for having me. Thank you for pitching the idea. I mean, I've 
I, I realized after reading your email that I have actually been watching web dramas off and on. I just didn't realize I was watching them. Like it's, it's, I didn't even count them in my drama watching. <laughs> even though when I did watch them, I would always watch them in one sitting. And so therefore, you know, they would be yeah. done really fast. Um, and you have talked about 18 on the podcast I, I have. Before. I went you away. Did talk, I had yeah. a phase where I was just mad about that. And uh, But then the second season came out and I was like, eh, not that great. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but the first season was excellent. Everyone should go watch it. Um, Tina, before we start uh, doing the ending part, uh, can we like uh talk about your social media like if you do you, do you want to want us to link to anything that you want to promote anything like that um yeah wow sure thanks for offering that opportunity you can find me on instagram i mostly post korean related things on this account my handles um one two three so the words typed out one two three kimchi one two three kimchi you i've that's seen me. you on instagram <laughs> <laughs> that's me haunting haunting your account <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us on social media you can find our dramas over flowers twitter at dramas overflow um you can find me on twitter at anisa khalifa underscore you can find me parma at festa foster and you can sign up for our newsletter to stay connected with us and the link is in the show notes Yes, and you can find us on Instagram as well, where I guess we've been interacting with Tina without realizing it, <laughs> at dramasoverflowers underscore. And you can email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook. Just look up Dramas Over Flowers. And our website is dramasoverflowers.net, where we occasionally post really intense essays and then promote it on Instagram through carousals. So you should also follow us on Instagram. <laughs> And can you please support these girls on Patreon if you haven't done so already? Um, they really do pour their heart and soul and everything else into these recordings. And like I said, I, I'm sure many people will agree. Yeah, you you guys have become like a companion almost throughout throughout these very lonely months that we've had um, last year and then this year. So yeah, please, please keep supporting them. <laughs> that, is, that is so lovely <laughs> to hear, Tina. Thank you. That is the sweetest one. Thank you. Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Okay, bye. 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 bye.